us and we'll respond as you would have us to. I thank you so much for your presence we feel in this place. I pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're here today. I want you to know that uh, you're not only liked, you're loved. Okay? And we, uh, we love to have you in the Lord's house. Thanks for being here. About uh, six Sundays ago, uh, we started a little series uh, that coincides with the book, I Am a Church Member by Tom Rainer. We gave these books out. We've been giving them out over the last several weeks, uh, one per family. And then we just asked that as a family, you read the book. And each Sunday, I've been preaching a sermon that coincides with one of the chapters. Uh, there are six chapters, and uh, guess what chapter we're on today? Six, the last one, all right? So if you haven't picked up one of these little books, we do have a few copies left in the Welcome Center, and we want you to go by before you leave today and make sure you get a book, and then uh, just read it with us, okay? It's a great little book. Uh, I am a church member. In chapter six, Rainer talks about I will treasure church membership as a gift. And that, that's a great concept because that's what it is. It's a gift. Everything from God is a gift. Salvation is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. His church is a gift. And what a great gift this is to be a part of the family of God and the local congregation that we call Kavanaugh Church. And this is an awesome church. You know why it's an awesome church? Because you're here, and you're awesome. So give yourself a hand this morning. What would you do? We're going to work on that because y'all are, you know, we're just doing good. I am a church member, sermon number six. Today I want to talk about commitment, all right? Committing to the place that God has put you. Let me begin by reading Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. I'll read it out of two different translations. I generally read out of the New King James Version, and it says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. But I really love the way the Living Bible translates this verse. You are members of God's very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. You belong here in God's house with all these other Christians. Now, that verse tells us two very important truths about the church. First of all, the church is a family. Right? That's what we are. We are a family. This is not a building. The church is not a club. The church is not an organization or an institution. It is not a religion. It's a family. We are God's family. Christianity means not only relating to God, but also relating to other people who are also believers. You became a part of a family when you invited Jesus into your heart. God says that the Christian life can only be fleshed out or lived out in relationship with other believers. The Christian without a church family is like an orphan without a home. The Bible says the church is God's family. And so every Christian needs a believing family to associate with. Every one of us who are Christians 
need a church home. The church is a family. This verse also teaches us that a Christian isn't just a believer, but a belonger. You're a belonger. Belonging shows and manifests that I am a believer. In Ephesians 2.19 it says, You belong in God's household. So a believer is a belonger. In Romans chapter 12, Paul said, In Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to the others. You see, in the New Testament, there was no such a thing as a Christian who didn't have a church home. Okay? When all this started, every Christian had a church home, a local congregation that they were a part of. There were no floating Christians out there. All right, Uh, Let's go to the church of Philippi today. And next week we'll go to the church at Corinth. And then the week after we'll travel over and go to the church at Rome. There was no such thing as a Christian without a church. You know what? As I've studied and read, I have realized that that is true everywhere in the world except in America. Only in America do we have Lone Ranger Christians. I'm a Christian and I don't need anyone else. That's bad thinking. It's not biblical thinking. Because God puts you in a family. You are part of God's family. And His family is made up of local congregations. Notice it talks about being a member. Both of these verses I read talk about being a member of the body, membership in the church. That's a biblical term. Membership is a biblical concept, but it doesn't mean the same thing in our society. In today's society, church membership really doesn't amount to anything. It just means that your name is on a church roll. But that's not the way it was intended. Biblically, when you became a member of a church, it means that you got plugged into that church and you became actively involved. You're more than just a spectator, you're a participator. You are not just a consumer, you became a contributor. You're not just along for the ride, but you're part of the crew. That's what it means. That's what it means to be a member of the body of Jesus Christ. And I don't know if you figured it out, but I'm pretty excited about the church. I am thankful for the church. Let me put it there. I am thankful for my family, my church family. What a great place to be. Now, that's not my sermon. That's just the inner. You say, you've already given us two points. Well, that's the, uh, uh, that's the whipping cream on top of the ice cream. All right. Now we're going to get to the real sermon. Are you ready? All right. Tom Rayner talks about treasuring church membership as a gift. So let's take that gift and unwrap it. Let's open the box and see what's in the gift. I'd like to share with you four things that church membership will do for you. Here are four blessings that come into your life when you get plugged in to a local church congregation. Number one, a good church is going to help me stay spiritually motivated. And we all need that. We need to be prodded every once in a while and encouraged and motivated to be what we're called to be, and that is a believer. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 tells us, Let us not give up the habit of meeting together, 
Instead, let us encourage one another. Older translations use the word exhort one another. And I'll talk about both of those concepts. But you know what? Here's the bottom line. We all need encouragement. We all need to be encouraged. It's kind of like the old illustration that says you take a coal from off of a fire, from off of a campfire, and you lay it aside. And that coal that is burning and hot and on fire, when you take it away from the rest of the campfire, guess what's going to happen to it? It's going to become cold. But if you take that cold piece of coal and put it back on the fire where it's burning, guess what? It gets hot again. And that's the concept of the church. We are a family. This is a place that we come to get warmed up, to be encouraged. You're out in the world all week. And you know what? You're getting beat up because the world beats us up. You get blasted. You get nailed against the wall. Apparently you don't live in the same world I live in. Yeah. The world is a cold, cruel place. And I see it on your faces every, every time you come in here. If not, it's not quite as bad on Sunday morning as it is Wednesday night. <laughs> You come in here Wednesday night and you're just beat up by the world. You're tired. You're sick of it all. It's, it's a hard place to live in. But you know what? we got to live out there in the world. But you come in here and you spend an hour with God's people listening to encouraging music and an encouraging sermon. It fires you up, man. You're ready to go back out there and duke it out with the devil, man. Say, come on, world, give me your best shot. I've been encouraged by God's people. A good church is going to help you stay spiritually motivated and encourage you. Amen? Put a smile on your face because you're about to turn it into a frown. Because I'm not doing this justice if I just leave it with that encouragement. Because sometimes being spiritually motivated is not just being encouraged and have a good feeling. Just come away, man, that was great. I feel so good about myself and my family. Sometimes you need to come in here and get chewed out. <laughs> or let me put it this way, straightened out. Because you know what? If we're out in the world all week, the world can mess up our thinking. Because the world doesn't think right. And out there in the world all week, you're going to hear all kinds of things and see things, and it's going to pervert your thinking. Sometimes you need to come into the house of God with other believers so that God's Word can correct your bad thinking. But you know what? Even, even in that regard, when that happens and you get chastened a little bit and God corrects you, you walk out of here feeling better. Because you know you're going down the right path. That's what a good church is going to do for you, man. It's going to motivate you to live the life that God has called you to live. I want you to just listen to some verse that, verses that speak about our relationships with one another in the church. Okay, This is what the Bible says about believers in the local church. That is, we are to have fellowship with one another. We are to greet one another. In one place it says with a holy kiss, you know, so 
Yeah, well, we won't even go there. It says we are to love one another, accept one another, be devoted to one another, to be kind and compassionate to one another. You see, the church is an extended family. The church is here to encourage us. A lot of you don't have an extended family in this area. You know what? The church is your extended family. That's why we call each other brothers and sisters. We are. I mean, I don't know. I, I was over at Harvest Time at the big event, and I don't know how many of those staff members from Harvest Time came up and called me Brother Johnny. It's like our kids back there in the kids center. They call me Brother Johnny. I finally looked at one of them. There's a lady, and I said, I am not Brother Johnny. No, I didn't. I really didn't do that. I always tell you these big, tough, mean things I do, but I don't. I think them, but I don't do them. And I said, no, I'm not Brother Johnny. You know. And then she said, well, are y'all related? Are y'all brothers? Are y'all brothers? And we get that all the time. Are y'all brother? Are y'all one time somebody called us twins. Y'all, y'all are twins. Said, so, well, we are brothers. We're brothers in Christ. Huh? We're all a part of the family. Huh. That encouragement takes place in 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 services like we're in right now, where we're encouraged. But you know what? Really, the best place for that to take place in is small groups in Sunday school classes where you can be one-on-one -on -one in a smaller group, share prayer requests, come alongside, be with, encourage one another. We're here to motivate each other. Galatians 6.2 says, Share each other's troubles and problems, and so obey our Lord's command. That is, we take care of our own. I, I said it this morning, you're not only liked, you're loved. And I mean that. We love you. Church membership helps me to stay spiritually motivated. Number two, the, the second thing a good church does for us. A good church helps me develop spiritual maturity. God wants you to grow. God wants you to grow up. God wants you to become spiritually mature. Let us go on, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 says, and become mature in our understanding as strong Christians ought to be. So part of God's will for your life is that you spiritually mature, that you become more like Jesus every single day that you're alive, that every day you are growing in Christ-likeness. Just listen to the process of spiritual maturity that took place in the early church. I'm reading out of Acts chapter 2. Here's what happened in that early church. They, the Christians, were baptized and they joined each other in regular attendance at the apostles' teaching. They worshipped together regularly in the temple and they met in small groups in their homes for communion. In those verses, notice these words, baptized, joined, worshipped, and met in small groups. Those are four keys to spiritual growth. That's what the church is to help you to do. These are things that make you a genuine New Testament Christian, that you're baptized, 
That is, your life has been transformed. Jesus has saved you. And so you get in a, in a baptistry, in a church, a local church. The minister takes you under the water and then raises you back up. And through that act of baptism, you are witnessing or testifying to the church and to the world that your life has been changed. You're no longer the same person you used to be. The old person is dead. The old man is dead. And just as Christ was buried in the tomb and came out of the tomb, you're burying that old life when the preacher takes you under the water, and you're representing the new life in Jesus when you come out of the water. They were baptized. They were testifying of their faith. And then it says they joined together with other believers. They joined a church. They became, became a part of a local congregation. And then number three, they worshiped together. They worshiped God together. And then they met in small groups. Again, that is what the church is to help you to do. It, the purpose of a good church is to help us grow spiritually. It is to help us develop spiritual maturity. There are things that can only happen in a church that I need to be the person that God has called me to be. Okay? I can read my Bible on my own. I can worship God on my own. I can pray on my own. But I'm not fully developing into the person God wants me to be until I come together with a local church group, other believers who are facing the same problems and frustrations I am, and we do it together as the body of Christ. So a good church is going to help me develop spiritual maturity and grow up. Number three, a good church helps me discover my ministry. You see, all of us have a deep need to feel like our lives count for something that you're making a significant contribution to life, that your life is worthwhile, that you're not just on planet Earth taking up space. All of us have this deep inner need that says, does my life really matter? Am I making a contribution? Am I giving back in some way? All of us have that need. Now, where do you think that need came from? God. He hardwired every one of us to have that need. This is something that God wants us to have. And if you don't have that, if you don't have something like that in your life, you're very unfulfilled. The Bible says that the way you find that fulfillment is two ways. Here, be the way God made you to be. You be the person God made you to be. And that is a believer who is daily walking with Christ, obeying the Word of God, that you be the person God has called you to be. And number two, that you do what God made you to do. You know what that's called? When you are the person God has called you to be and you're doing what God has made you to do, that's called ministry. You're doing ministry. Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Here's the deal. Before you were born, 
God decided what spiritual gifts He would dish out to you. Before you were born, God decided what abilities and what talents and what skills you would be given. He decided all of those things in advance. And He gave you that whole package deal. Your gifts, your abilities, your talents, your skills. He gave all of that to you for you to use in His kingdom. He didn't give you all that stuff for you to just go out and make a million bucks. Huh? And to fulfill your selfish desires. Huh? You, most people think, if I could just have a lot of money, make a lot of money, and give myself anything I want, then I'd be happy and I would be fulfilled. It doesn't work that way. You know what? I know a lot of rich people who are about as miserable as miserable can be. Because God did not make us to be selfish. He made us to be givers. And God gave all those gifts to you for you to use in His kingdom and to help other people out. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us, there are different kinds of service and together you form the body of Christ. Okay, So each one of us has a different form of service, but He's put us together as the body of Christ. And each one of you is a necessary part of the body. Now I want you to hang on to that last concept there. He said each one of you are a necessary part of the body of Christ. Have you ever... Let me just back up. Have you ever put together a jigsaw puzzle? I want to see if you're awake, really. Have you Have you ever... How many of you are, are still putting together jigsaw, but you still do it today? Uh, I quit doing it a long time. It's too frustrating. Okay? So, but I can remember my sister and I, Sharita, uh, when we were kids, we would, we would try to put together jigsaw pu puzzles, and, and inevitably we would get to the end, and guess what? There'd be a missing piece. I think some manufacturers do that on purpose. Just to frustrate you. Either that or the dog ate it, you know. Pooty ate it. That was my dog's name, Pooty. What a great name for a dog. Oh, Pooty. I'll never, I'll never forget the, the Sunday night I saw Pooty fly. Across the living room, Pooty was flying. It's not in my sermon notes, Pootie flying. You're wondering what happened to Pootie, aren't you? Dad, can I tell this story? A great story. <clears throat> Keep me out of the doghouse, Dad. We came in from church. I think it was a Sunday night. We came in from church. I was just a little kid. Pootie, Pootie was just a little dog then. Pootie had, had chewed the arm cushions of our couch. Put a big hole in my mama's couch. Y'all know my mama. Little piece of dynamite. She came in that. She came in that living room, and I'll never forget because I cried. I cried that night. I cried for Pooty. She had these. She had these pointy shoes on. I mean, it was pointy shoes, and she saw what Pooty did. And I mean, hey. I've been looking for an opportunity to talk about the Greenwood Bulldogs, all right? And I just, 
47 straight wins. The last two games against Southside, which I really love Southside, and, and Conway, who the coach at Conway is a good friend of mine, you know how they won both of those games? Last second field go. My mama. <laughs> okay, Pootie was a poodle. Pootie. Little white puppy dog flying in the air. It's good. I don't even know where I was in my sermon, to tell you the truth. But the, the dog ate the last piece of the jigsaw puzzle. And so you got this jigsaw puzzle and it's all put together, but there's one missing piece. When you look at the jigsaw puzzle, what do you see? Just that one missing piece. The gaping hole in the picture. And you know what? Here's the deal. If you're a Christian and you don't fit into the place where God intended you and wants you to be and doing what God wants you to do, there is a big hole in the picture. Because you are a part of this family. The Bible says we're all a part of the body of Christ and every member is necessary. You can just imagine this with your physical body and the Bible uses this analogy. What if one day your liver decided to go on strike? What if your liver said, I don't need a body. I'm just going to jump around from body to body. One week I'll be in this guy's body. The next week I think I'll be in her body. I'm a free-floating liver. Hmm? I'm body shopping. <laughs> hey, church shopping, okay, if you didn't get it. Or how about if the liver said, you know, that I think I'll stay in one body, but I'm not going to participate. I'll just watch the other body parts do their thing. I'm just going to watch and soak up all this body juice. That's a bad thought, isn't it? It doesn't work that way. Every part of the body is necessary. And that's the point that God makes in His Word. Every one of us are necessary to make the whole. If you're not using your ministry, guess what? I don't know of any nice way to say this. If you're not using your ministry in the church, you're cheating other Christians. Because it says every part is important. A non-serving Christian is a contradiction. There is no basis in the Bible for spectatorship. That's the difference between being a member and just being a, a church floater, you know, floating around. A member is a participator. A floater is a spectator. A member is a contributor. A floater is a consumer. A floater says, I'm along for the ride. A member says, I'm part of the crew. So a good church is going to help me stay spiritually motivated. It's going to help me develop spiritual maturity. And it is going to help me discover what my ministry is and give me an opportunity to serve. Number four, this is it. A good church is going to help me fulfill my mission in life. Again, everybody 
needs a cause to live for. Everybody needs a purpose that is greater than themselves. You are made to live for more than just yourself. And every one of us needs a cause so badly that if we don't find the right cause to live for, we're going to make one up. Again, God hardwired us to be that way. I know some people uh, that their whole cause in life is sports. It's their purpose in life to live for sports. I know some people, their whole purpose in life and their cause in life is shopping. They live to shop. Hmm? Now, sports bad? No. Shopping bad? Well, that depends. But <laughs> we, we were out as a family last night eating, and I probably shouldn't tell this story second service, but I already told it first service, so I'm going to go ahead and tell it again. We were out last night at a restaurant. The whole family was there. We were waiting for our food, and I looked down this long table where we all were, the whole family, and every one of us, every, every person in the family was on their telephone, doing things on their phone. That's another sermon, okay? But I was on mine too, so I'm not going to preach that sermon today. I look, Whitney was sitting catty corner from me, and I'm thankful that Whitney's here. Whitney, she's grown up. She's a good girl. She lives in Little Rock. She works for Dillard's, their corporate office. She, I'm proud of my girl. She is the assistant handbag purchaser for Dillard's. She just told me in my office, she's, next, week, next week she's going to New York City to buy some handbags for all the Dillard stores. So when you go buy a handbag, know that my daughter, Whitney, picked that out. You know what, Gary, you know what I'm so thankful for? She is spending Bill Dillard number three's money on handbags and not mine. I'm not even looking over there because I don't. You know what my Whitney is? She's a shopper. <laughs> She's a profession. And she, she is a profession. She gets paid to shop. And she was over there on her little phone. And you know what she was doing? She was shopping. <laughs> Tyler, her boyfriend, was sitting across from her. And he said, no, no. No shopping for shoes. Because that's what she was doing. She was shopping for shoes online. She's a, she's a sharp axe head, though. She looked back at him and she said, Well, then no looking at scores. Because that's what he was doing, looking at football scores. I'm not saying that's their purpose in life, and you're you're thinking you're taking what I'm saying and running with it, but hang on to that, okay? Just hang on to it. I read about this group in England that they formed an animal liberation group that says we should put clothes, we should put clothes on all dogs and kitties. That has become their purpose in life. You see, here's my point. When you miss out on God's purpose, and you've got to have a purpose, God hardwired us that way, 
When you miss out on God's purpose and you've got to have a purpose, you're going to make a purpose up. And you better not badmouth my purpose. It's the way our world is. Here, here's the deal. The moment you became a Christian, you were given a purpose. When God transformed your life and saved you from the depths of hell and changed your life, He gave you a purpose. You know what your mission is? It's the Great Commission. God has given us a Great Commission. Our mission is the same mission. The last words from Jesus was, Go into all the world and make disciples. Go into all the world and spread the good news. That, that's what our mission is, to, to tell other people about Jesus. That's our purpose in life. Now, is there anything wrong with sports? Is there anything wrong with shopping? Is there anything wrong with uh, being a pet lover and loving dogs and kitty cats? Is there anything wrong with cowboy shooting? <laughs> or with golfing? or with riding motorcycles. There is nothing wrong with any of these things. We need, we need that outlet. We, we need to do things that are enjoyable. That's the way God made us. But you know what? Those are not our purpose in life. I love to go cowboy shooting. I'm, I'm so cotton-picking competitive. When I go to these matches, I want to win. I want to beat everybody there. I just can't because I'm not fast enough. But I, I, it's all in perspective. Whether I'm out riding a motorcycle or playing golf or shooting cowboy action or at a sports event, you know what? I understand who I am and what God made me for and what I'm supposed to be doing. And even though I can enjoy these things, my main purpose is to spread the good news of the gospel. I was at a big cowboy match not long ago, and I was with a group of, we call it a posse, okay? I was on a posse with, with all these cowboys that I didn't know. They were from all over the country. And, and after uh, the whole day, one of them came up to me and he said, I just got to ask you something, holy smoke. He said, I'm just wondering, what is it you do for a living? I said, well, I'm, I'm a pastor, a preacher. He said, I pegged it. I was telling those other pards over there, you're probably a preacher. Got to talking to the guy. He's not a Christian. He doesn't go to church. You know what I got to do? Share my faith with him. Yeah, That's the big picture of it. If you're not using your ministry, you know what? You're not being what God has called you to be. One day you're going to get to heaven. And, and if you're a believer and God is going to say to you, what what'd you do with the mission? Well, I went to church, Lord. Okay. I attended church. Okay. But who'd you bring to heaven with you? We've got a mission. The Apostle Paul understood that mission. He said in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, Life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned to me by my Lord Jesus. The work of telling others about the good news of God's kindness and love. It's our divine assignment. Time out. Do a little time out here. Have, have you ever figured out 
why God leaves us on planet Earth after he saves us? I mean, why does he leave us here? We've given our heart to Jesus. We've been born again. Why does he leave us here? Why doesn't he just zap us and take us to heaven? You ever wondered that? Am I the only one who's ever wondered that? I mean, why does he leave us here with all these problems and frustrations and broken hearts and disappointments and all kinds of evil going on? Why doesn't he just zap us out of this pit of sin and take us to a perfect place? Why? I'm going to do another timeout. i got a timeout in a timeout. All right? Do you know there are two things you can't do in heaven? Two things not allowed in heaven. You can pray in heaven. You can sing songs in heaven. You can fellowship in heaven. You can worship in heaven. You can do all kinds of great things in heaven. But there are two things you can't do in heaven. First of all, you can't sin. No sin allowed because it's a perfect place. The second thing you can't do in heaven is you can't tell non-believers about Jesus. Because there are no non-believers in heaven. Those are the only two things you can't do in heaven. So I'm out of my both timeouts. Which of those two things do you think God left us on this earth to do? Okay, it's not that difficult, all right? <laughs> Don't be balancing it out. Uh, sin, telling non-believers, sin. <laughs> Let's go back to Genesis, okay? Oh, my lands. Why are you here? Well, God left you here for a mission. It's to tell other people about the good news. And you know what? A good church is going to help you fulfill that mission. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are Christ's ambassadors. So if you are a believer, you represent Jesus Christ everywhere you go. At work, at school, in your neighborhood. And one of the purposes of the church is to help you in your mission by training you and providing you opportunities to share your faith, by providing worship services like this that you can invite your unsaved friends to. That's what the church is about. You see, a good church, let me put it, Kavanaugh Church is here, number one, to help you stay spiritually motivated. Number two, Kavanaugh Church is here to help you develop spiritual maturity and become the person God has called you to be. Kavanaugh Church is here to help you discover what your ministry is and then give you an outlet to serve. Kavanaugh Church is here to help you fulfill your mission in life, and that is to bring as many people that you can with you to heaven. Let me say this as a close. This church is not a business. We don't run it like a business. It's a body. It's the body of Christ. We're not an organization. We are a living organism. We are family. Not the one Sister Sledge sang about. We are God's family. We're the family of God. And families operate on relationships. And here's the deal. After you've found the right church, after you've found the right family, you need to commit to that church and join that church and get plugged into that church and raise your family in that church. 
Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. And that, that's what God is up to in this world. God is building His church. His church. The church. The church universal. All believers. But God is building His church in local congregations. And you need to be a part of one. You need to find the right church for you. Get plugged in. You say, oh, Pastor, Pastor, hold on. I am a part of the invisible church. That's fine and dandy. When you're in the hospital, you have a death in the family. Why don't you just call the invisible pastor? That was kind of smart, Alec, wasn't it? When you have a burden, a need, you need help and encouragement, just call those invisible church members. It's, see, it's not the way God made it. God, God made the church for you. And God made you for the church. And you need to find a church. And you need to get plugged in. Is this church right for you? Maybe. Maybe it is for you. Maybe it's not. I can't answer that. Only you can. But I can tell you this. If, if you're here today and you say, I love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of my heart, and I want a place that I can get plugged in and grow spiritually and be encouraged and find what my mission is and, and have a place to use the gifts that God has given to me, you know what? Then maybe Kavanaugh is right for you. But if you're here thinking, I'm just going to sit back and soak it up, gripe and complain about every little thing, I have a list of places. <laughs> I'm joking. No, not really. <laughs> Can I tell you something? This is a great place. And it's a great place because God's blessed it and because you're a part of it. I was over at the big uh, event. Yeah, I think it's a pretty cool thing that, that Kavanaugh and Harvest Time could come together and put on this huge event. I wish we could have done it outside, but it was raining, so we trashed their sanctuary. I mean, literally, we trashed Harvest Time sanctuary. After it was all over with, Marty, the pastor over there, sent me a text, and he said, Pastor Will, I am just blown away from the people of Kavanaugh Church. You have the best volunteers and workers of any church I've ever seen. That's pretty amazing that he saw that. I mean, it was visible to me. I saw it. And he wasn't telling me anything I didn't know because this is a great place. And you're great people. And I can tell you, I can't think of another family that I want to be a part of other than this family. Now, is Kevin all right for you? Again, I don't know. You need to pray about that and seek God's face, His favor. But you need to find a church. You need to get plugged in. And you need to be a part of a body of Christ. Heavenly Father, I love you and I thank you for this word that you've had for us today. Lord, if there's a person here that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today they would come and receive Jesus, the free gift of salvation. Lord, if there is a believer who is away from you, I pray that, dear Lord, today they would come and 
and find their way back home to you. Lord, for all of us who are Christians, may we find that place of service and get committed to your body. Lord, for many who are here today, I think it would be an opportunity for us to come and just thank you for the church you've given to us. And to ask, dear Lord, that your blessings be on Kavanaugh Church. And that you would use us to extend your family. We love you, Lord. We give you this time. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? The altars are open. If you'd like to come and pray about anything this morning, you can come and do that right now. I encourage you to come and pray for your church. Would you? Lord, I need you.